Hello and welcome to Fabulous Huckery. I'm your host, Baroness Bree, where it is our goal to always emerge fabulously in spite of fuckery. Hello and thank you for turning in to Fabulous Fuckery. I'm your host, Baroness Bree, and I look forward to becoming your destination for a sophisticated discussion on self-care, relationships, and pop culture. Get your drinks out, open your minds, and let's dive in. Today we have our guest, Bassi Ikby, daughter, sister, mother, deaf poetry poet, mental health advocate, best-selling author of I'm Telling the Truth, But I'm Lying. I'm claiming it for you in advance. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome, Bassi. Thank you for having me. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you for coming on my first show. <laughs> um, tell me, how are you? I'm great. I am great. Um, a little sleepy, but I'm good. I'm happy to be here. What do you tell me about what you're working on? Tell me about your project. Um, right now, I'm putting the finishing touches uh, on my book. Um, it's been a long time coming, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm doing my best to stay focused on what's here as opposed to projecting forward. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. As far as this project, this has been a long time coming for you. Um, let me share with our listeners that, um, I've been following her and been a fan and almost a stalker um, on social media for many years, and I'm just so proud. I feel like watching a family member blossoming right now. I mean, you. you just have just come such a long way, and I'm so proud of you and so excited to actually. I've already pre-ordered your book, <laughs> and you need to let me know who's recording your Audible. Um, what are we doing about that? I'm going to do it. You're going to do it? Yeah, Yay! I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pre-order that when it's ready. Thank um, you. I'm just excited for you. We have to make sure she's a... PG County, D.C. area native. We have to support. Not native, but long enough. Long enough. Well, I think anything over 20 years almost is a native now. Uh, okay, just, it just, just hit 20 years. Just yeah, 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 just shy. See? So we, we can give you that. But um, can you let me know, what were you most proud of? What's the best part of this process of writing a book and, you know, starting the PR process? What are you most proud of? How much I learned that I didn't know about myself. Um, the last couple of years specifically have been very, very difficult for me. And there was a, part, there was a, there was a section or a moment uh, towards the end of the writing, it's never really done, but towards the, the, the first end of the writing, um, that I realized what, how much I'd grown, um, how much happier and more content and uh, just just a better person, um, not just for myself, but for the people around me. I, I was very, very careful uh, to take note of of the growth because I think that a lot of times we can get stuck in all the ways that we didn't do something right or didn't finish something or we were not as kind as we could have been to somebody else or not as kind as we could have been to ourselves. Um, and so my proudest moment was like, I've come a long way and I've I've done well, and um, I can continue to do well. There's no, there's no ending to to getting better. Hmm, I like that. Um, I also like the fact that that kind of segues into my next topic for you, which is self care. Um, you're a huge advocate for self care. Um, just in knowing you, I know that when things get to be 
uncomfortable, you're a good person to say enough of that. And what other techniques do you have to to keep yourself going, to make sure that you're not overdoing it, that you're monitoring your, your self-care technique? Well, uh, one of the things that I've learned over the last course, over the course of the last year um, is mindfulness. Uh, I, I talk about it a lot because it was, it was life-changing for me um, because I, I live with bipolar 2 disorder. Um, impulsiveness and, and obsessiveness and compulsion are, are real big uh, factors of that. So for me to be able to like take a beat before I say something, before I do something, before I react to something, um, has has just changed my entire life. It's it's just such a huge game changer. Um, so when it comes to self care, uh, part of that is understanding that I can take a moment, no matter what the situation is, no matter how dire it may seem to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I can take a moment before I react to it. Um, I also give myself permission to do foolish things. I think that um, for a long time, especially as you get older, people like to dictate what maturity means and they like to dictate what adulting means. Right. And, and I've always been someone who uh, have, has, I've never been my age. Um, for better or for worse. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, I just, I've just never been my age. I was a little bit too mature when I was younger, and then I kind of, like, stayed the same. And, and you know, there's a theory that I have that I write about in the book about um, there's, uh, there's, I don't know what the phenomenon is called, but people who have drug addictions, mm-hmm. they stay stagnant at whatever age that addiction held on. So if they started using at, like, 18 or 19, emotionally and mentally they are 18 and 19 they have to do a lot of work to sort of progress through their their years um and i feel like the same can be said of of mental health and mental illness and i definitely have a little difficult time sometimes understanding uh i I think also has to do with how how time passes um so i i allow myself whatever frivolities frivolities frivol (laughs) you got it you're right you're right Uh, the first time English is my second language um yeah I allow myself television like if I need to watch an entire season of something on Netflix I will do that and I don't make apologies for it um if I literally just don't want to do anything that day I will not do anything and not make apologies for it um I think that we sort of get trapped, especially as black women, we get trapped in this like strong black woman thing and being a strong black woman seems to only mean one thing. And for me, it just means staying alive and it just means keeping myself together and it just means doing whatever I need to do to take care of myself. Like, you know, one of the things I say often is never apologize for how you choose to take care of yourself because it's what works for you. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. I feel you on that 1,000%. Um, I appreciate when you said giving yourself permission. Um, that's something that we don't give enough of. We are so tied to other people's definition of what we're supposed to be doing. So as a divorcee, as a, you know, I also I suffer from depression, anxiety. Um, something, sometimes my brain gets the better half of me and so I have to be mindful and give myself permission to journal I have to give myself permission to 
you know, not go to work today. Um, you know what, guys? I'm going to take a mental health day. They don't really understand what that means, but we have to give ourselves the right to get ourselves together. And like you said, as a black woman, we're supposed to carry everyone's burdens, and that is a, a myth. Um, that is something that we have got to correct because everyone needs to carry their own part of their own journey, and I can't do it for everyone. So, no, really thank you for touching on that because we have got to do better on giving ourselves permission. So, question for you. Do you have any self-care apps that you use on your phone? Oh, my God, I've got tons of them. Like, <laughs> I, the, the best thing that ever happened to me was the whole smartphone um, uh, just, I don't know, culture, I don't know what you call it. Like, I have all kinds. I have, um, can I get my phone? Of course, of course. uh, The reason why I ask is that I'm addicted to self-care apps now. And now with the new iPhone update, they have a screen time monitor that shows you how long you're doing whatever. So now I'm holding myself accountable to not be on Instagram for four hours a day. Yeah. To not be on Facebook. Because what are you doing? Are you creating content or are you absorbing content? Yeah. And And then even if you're creating content, you're giving it away. And and I, I know that for a long time it was easier for me to write like pages of stuff on Facebook and people were like what are you doing like delete that and put it yeah <laughs> put it somewhere else that that'll serve you um and but it was just like I trained my brain to to only be able to to work in that space um because it's 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 non-judgmental and it's and it's you can have all the typos you want and you can you know, you, you can just sort of do that, whereas when you go to, like, a Word document, it, it's, like, serious. Like, you're doing serious business when it's the same conversation you should be having. Um, but, okay, so my self-care apps. Um, I had one called the Freedom App. Um, I have it on my laptop, and I had it on my phone and my iPad, too. But they, uh, iPhone or I, they, Apple discontinued disconnected it for some reason yeah they changed the algorithm so it can't block facebook it can't yeah. block instagram so yeah, yeah no I, but, but i think that they when they when we got the update i was like oh you guys did that because y'all had your own thing mm-hmm. and you didn't want okay i got it um so yeah i have i have the moments app which helps track um it helps train train your usage hmm. yeah so you put like maybe you give yourself like a three hour limit to use the to use your phone to pick up your phone like it counts how many times like I find myself just picking up my phone and looking at it and I'm like nothing beeped like what am I doing um (laughs) nothing there's no notification for anything and it counts how many times like embarrassingly like I was like wow I picked up my phone 400 times today that's insane um so it, it they have a boot camp that that like every day you learn like hey why don't you just put your phone in another room how about you spend an hour doing this how about you do this and um and then if you go over your thing it like makes this like really annoying like honking sound <laughs> really that's yeah. accountability for that ass yeah <laughs> i remember i was i was in the grocery store and i was like Ugh, whatever i've got my headphones on it's cool like whatever it'll be annoying to me but i need to look at something um and then it it bypasses it bypasses your headphones and goes into your speakers. Okay. So I was at the store and the shit was blaring and I had to like turn it off and put it in my purse. Like it's, I mean, I, I disabled it cause who needs that kind of pressure? But <laughs> at the time, <laughs> at the time it was very, very useful. Um, I have like meditation apps. Um, you know, what's crazy. You asked me that. And I said, I love, uh, I love those apps. I love self-care apps, but 
I don't have any on my phone anymore. Oh. Like, I I used to. I had like a whole little box with like tons of of icons and whatever, but I don't have them anymore. Okay. Like that's we've moved to the next I'm level. I'm gonna tell my therapist about this. this like, is gross. I'm like, wow, I've I've grown. Like, I can't find any. They're not hidden. Um, I have like sleep apps. I have uh, well, I, the podcast Sleep with Me podcast, yes. which I adore. You got me addicted to that, and now so you, now it's like I can't go to sleep without his voice, which could be problematic for when I start dating. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, who's that man? I must <laughs> listen to him read to me the news. But the so. thing is, it, what it does is 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 um, it's really just this. It's just the tone of his voice. Yeah. And it's just like the nonsense of you trying to figure out what he's saying and then kind of being lulled by by the background. Um, I found like because of that app, I can fall asleep to just about anything. Um, sorry, I'm just really like caught off guard. But... I see. You, you really didn't have any app. So I asked you this question completely off guard because that's something I always ask people. Yeah. So what do you have? We have Facebook. We got Instagram. We have all these crazy apps on our phone. What do you have on your app that tells you to be mindful? And so I use Affirmations Assistant, mm -hmm. really helpful. It pops up like four times a day, you're a badass diva. Or, um, oh. you know, have you meditated today? Take time for prayer. Like I have reminders that um, Affirmations Assistant. That's dope. And then there's another app that I'm addicted to called Eternal Sunshine, where they actually have different activities for you to do every day. There's daily mantras. It's um, a wisdom. You got to so send me those. I will send them to you. Yeah. Um, they have different music apps that you can link to. And then my new favorite app is BrainSparker, which is a, it's just a, a, a brain jogger type app mm -hmm. where you can pick what you want to write about. So if I'm journaling and I don't know what I want to journal about today, you can shuffle a card. It's almost like those little um, cards that they sell, yeah. affirmations cards, yeah, yeah, yeah. writing assistant cards. And all these cards are like $40 a pack. And you're like, I'm going to lose the card. I know myself. I can't find one of the playing cards now for a new deck of cards I just bought. So I can imagine me wandering through the city with a pack of <laughs> affirmation cards. So this is actually the card in the pack. And you get coaching pack. You have quote of the day. You have random words. Um, there's a, I will send those to you, but then there's actually story starters for creative writing. So if I have an article I need to write and I don't know what I want to write about, I just kind of flip through it until something strikes me and then I start the process. And then oh, it's like, brilliant. either the story's really stupid, let me scrap it or, you know, let's send it to someone and see what we're going to do with it. Don't ever scrap it because it always parts that you can build and you carve them. I'm living in my notes app. Um, oh, I love the notes app and my voicemail. Yeah, my voicemail yeah. app, and now Scrivener has a Apple app that really. Yeah, so and now I use Dropbox to sync all of it together. So for the most part, I haven't lost too much. I've yeah. lost a couple of things in translation, but yeah, so. yeah I, I have a I have a, a little writing folder that has notes and uh, pages and uh, Google Docs and, and all that stuff. But it, it's we're talking about what apps I have and I don't have anymore. But I, I remember that there was a day um, in the in the boot camp on Moments that was like, if you haven't used an app for X amount of time, delete it. And I was like, okay, and that's where all my apps went. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So... I just want to segue to another section of self-care that works for us. 
um, we have one thing in common, which is our love for Broadway musicals. Um, so I love trap music and Broadway. I can do both. I cannot get into trap music. I love Cardi B. I love Migos. I, I, I appreciate Gucci that Mane. you do. You're like, you know, like, hey. You know, I love day parties and twerking. So, but then at the same time, I can put on a fancy gown and go see Hamilton and, so you know. Yeah, exactly, you know, cry at the end. You warned me. I did. Um, so one of our common themes was that we loved Hamilton. Loved. It really spoke to my spirit. Yeah. It kept me, I was in a really bad place with my depression and anxiety. Um, I literally cried every day, I think, for a year. I was a hot mess. Yeah. And then this musical comes out called Hamilton. Yeah. And I get it, I'm watching Twitter, and um, this lovely lady here is sitting here talking about one of the songs that Burr was singing about, oh, why are you, do you seem you're the smartest in the room? Yeah. And, you know, write, why are you writing like you're writing out of time? And that, like, got, became my theme song for what I'm writing now is, you yeah. know, I have all these Hamilton lyrics that pop into my head. And so when your book came out and the first thing I was like, you're not throwing away your shot. And everyone's like, here they go with their freaking Hamilton soliloquies back and forth. But, like, yeah. you, were Hurricane, you were Hercules Mulligan for, like, six months. I was. <laughs> I was. I, I don't even know where. I, I think I was in Nigeria when I first even heard. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. Um, and I really liked In the Heights. Mm -hmm. um, and I never, like, it was so funny because I had the In the Heights soundtrack for, or cast album for years, but I never saw it. Um, so I didn't know what the song, I didn't know what it was about. Like, I had no idea. I just liked what I liked. And then I, you know, YouTube always has whatever. And I watched, like, this college production of it. And I was like, oh, is that what's happening? <laughs> oh, I didn't even know. Okay. Because um, I didn't know Benny was black. I thought he was just Puerto Rican like everybody else. Um, and then I, I was in Nigeria and someone was talking about Hamilton. I don't know who. I don't know why. And I ended up buying it over there. And, um, or no, I bought it when I came back. And uh, it just, it really spoke to me. Like I was, I was in a depression too. Um, I could not, listen to it without crying but it gave me like a target to cry because I was already crying and now I had like I'm crying for this reason crying for that reason and and that was really helpful um but wait for it was my theme song for the longest like oh like I'm, I'm getting emotional now but it just it there's so much about not just Hamilton but Lynn manuel Miranda's process of writing, I think maybe I saw him talking about the process of writing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and absolutely. I've watched him several times talk about his process and how he researched and how he visits the locations yeah. and how he talks to the people, the, the, the archivists and the, the official researchers. His process is impeccable. Absolutely. And I'm sitting here, you know, with, you know, 17 notebooks with, like, journal ideas of people who've harmed me and how well, I'm going to write an article. He has 17 notebooks, too. Right. And, but his, I don't know, now he has a financed, um, you know, path to completion. But yeah. to watch his path, and he did a PBS special about Hamilton and how mm -hmm. he did Sorry. it. Yeah. And it was amazing. It just made me, he's so profound. He's so deep. Yeah. And I, um, I'm excited to see him as Bert and Mary Poppins. But, like, every everything he does touches the gold, turns to gold. Like, every, yeah. it's just, he's amazing. Yeah, he, um, he did the thing that I think people, for as long as I've been aware of hip-hop, people have been trying to do, which is, turn it into this other thing that's not just musical. And then, but just if you think about the genre of musical, like every year or every decade, it reflects 
whatever, like they had the rock operas of the 70s. Um, and it only made sense, but like hip hop just couldn't get it right. It was always very corny or or very like disjointed. What in was a way. that? The, um, the Carmen hip hop oh You I remember? Love that thing. <laughs> I loved it. It wasn't well received. Yeah, it was all it was, over the place. It was adorable. I love. I mean, I, Beyonce was, does no wrong in my eyes. So you know, it was. I just, still remember most deaths. Like most death was the, like I was already a huge most death fan, but he was actually really good in that. And I remember like bits of like stuff that he said. I actually need to go in, on YouTube and find like just this one like little. This, he was talking to was it Omar Epps or was it Mackay Pfeiffer? I get them confused. The same people <laughs> them, now that you said it, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> one of them. He's <laughs> rapping at one of them because he he was getting all like, "Don't touch Carmen" or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, so you bad?" Like, and it's just this whole thing. Like, I for 20 years it's been in my head. I've never been able to forget it, but. Um, but yeah, Lynn harnessed whatever that missing thing was, and he and he did it in a way that is actually really good. But then he's also a songwriter, so it's not just the poetry and the hip hop, and it's all it's also the music and that that cast that I I was fortunate enough to see the original Broadway cast, which is which is a story. I don't tell it because I didn't. I'll tell it here, but I, I I never told it because I didn't want to put anybody on the spot. Um, but I was on Twitter having, like I was, two years ago was just like one of the most difficult times in my life and I was fully prepared to not continue, I was done. Um, and I was on Twitter and I was talking about something and Leslie Odom followed me on Twitter and he tweeted me that he had seen Deaf Poetry Jam um, when he was younger, I think he was still at Carnegie Mellon because I'm like maybe two or three old, years older than he is and, uh, and he's like, it changed my life. And, you know, this is what I, I channeled in some of the, the whatever. He was telling me this in DMs. And he was like, listen, if you ever want to see the show, you know, let me know. Yeah, if you get, like, far enough in advance, you know, I can, I can get you tickets. I've got, like, a little holding of it. And um, I remember it was, like, in, I want to say it was, like, in August, maybe in September. And I gave him a January date. Cause I was like, I need to get to January. Um, Cause I was at that point, I was like, I need to find reasons to keep going. I was like, I cannot leave this world without seeing Hamilton. Um, <laughs> okay. Especially if I have the opportunity to. Okay. So I gave him like a January 20th date and it was like September or something. And, and I just was like, I'm gonna, I have to see Hamilton. I have to see Hamilton. And he and I would talk in DMS. And I remember one one day when things started to turn around a little bit, I I had had my I had my phone set to 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 play Hamilton to wake me up, and it was wait for it, um, and I and there was one day when I was just so tired and I was so like emotionally and mentally I'd like cried all night, and you know it, it started playing and I just laid there like with it blaring next to my head, and then it got to the part where he said um um. God, what's the part? If there's a reason I'm still alive while everyone who loves me has died, I have to, or I'm, I'm willing to wait for it. And I was just like, oh my God, like, wait for it. Like, you know, and, and, and then I just sat and I listened to that, that song on repeat, but then the whole, the whole project, uh, production and the whole project, I, I found, things in every single song that gave me hope 
um, it made me want to, in Lin-Manuel's story, made me want to do a thing. I didn't know what that thing was. It became the book. But I needed to do a thing. I needed a project. I needed to work towards something. I started writing, uh, creating a show for Leslie Odom to star in. Like, I needed a thing. Um, and it gave me a thing. And I think that that's one of the things that's that's the most important. I think a lot of people want some kind of, like, huge, colossal light from the sky and it's not that. Like, it's all these little things that you build and you connect in order to make that rope that you climb out of the whatever pit you're in. And and that was one of the major, like, you know, I don't know. This rope metaphor has gotten away from me because now I don't know how you build a rope. <laughs> but whatever thing to make the rope. Understood is stronger, tighter, yeah. more available. Yeah. You know, you make Maybe a knot. I don't know. Some. <laughs> Wow, so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, life changing. And and then it was just it, for me, like I again, and the things like allow yourself mourning, and it became about getting to every single day intact, no matter wh- what it took. Even if I had to watch it from the wrong side, even if it meant okay, I didn't sleep at all, but there's the sun, mm-hmm. made it, you know. Um, and then finally, just one day, I was like, wow, I'm I'm better. I'm not great. I'm not, you know. Well, we're happy you're here. Thank you. We're I'm happy you're here. here. And, you know. I'm glad to be here. No, but uh, the fact that that is an amazing story, one, I don't even know how to follow up with my follow-up questions now because everything I have to say is irrelevant. But the fact, I mean, Leslie Odom is my favorite human ever. He's um, amazing. He was here for DC Jazz Fest, and I've never stalked a person before, but I stalked I him. Know, hard to believe. Um, well, you, but, um, you know, but he was such a sweetheart. He was yeah. just like, you know, I'm really tired. I don't want any pictures, but he gave me a hug. And I was like, yeah, Yay, he's such a sweetie. But yeah. he... This musical has become a pop culture phenomenon. Mm-hmm. The fact that the tickets are still as high as they are, no matter what city you're in, um, to watch people of all colors in the audience crying mm-hmm. or rapping or, you know, reacting, and the fact that almost 90% of the people there love the, they know the words for word. And yeah. I was singing out loud, not realizing I'm singing out loud, and the lady next to me, and I covered my mouth because she stared at me, and she's like, no, girl, go in. That's your part. You get it. And, you know, it was just so weird to sit next to this older Caucasian woman who paid an arm and a leg for her tickets and she was getting pleasure out of watching me lose yeah. my shit yeah. watching this play that I've been waiting to see forever. Yeah. So, you know, well, one I thing I love too is um, because it's so infused with like classic hip hop, um, I, there were, there were a couple of like, like black people or younger people in the audience within when we got like the biggie references, we we're all like, I was like, you don't, okay, you, yeah, I know you heard that. You know, it was, it just, it really, and another song, um, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I can't listen to that song in public because it makes me think of my parents. It makes yeah. me think of what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, that's why we're doing this podcast because yeah. it's like, you know what, who lives, who t- dies, who tells my story. And you know, you have these half, remembered stories half remembered ideas it's not in my words it's in the words of my children or whoever loved you and when you watched it and you know for that to be the last song and um you know when they did the interlude with um Washington singing you know who lives who dies and tells and you just sit there and you're like who will this is this is real shit like you know it made me realize our legacies are bigger than us death doesn't discriminate right so he like he he, he he touched so many people, and, and you keep living anyway. Oh God! So oh. now I have a question for you. Yes. Top three favorite musicals. Oh God. Um. 
What's the category? Pick one. Just pick any musicals oh that are your God. favorites. Okay. How about this? I will start with one of my favorites. Okay. Which is Wicked. Oh, I love Wicked. Um, well, I like. I can't even say Wicked because I like. Defying Gravity is like theme song to theme songs, but it's like the standout moment mm -hmm. of the show. I'm I'm gonna think of it as like a spectrum, like the entire show. I love Defying Gravity, but you know, like I love I love Ethelba, I love Glenda, I love Kristen Chenoweth originally as the role. They're coming back. They're doing it like two shows with both of them. Like the actual show, or just like a staged? It's just a staged um, NBC musical. Oh, so it's supposed to come out Halloween or something like I that. I love those. I love how accessible those are. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, they're doing the most right now. Um, some of the musicals, it's like, really? Did we need yeah. that? We did not need the Rocky Horror Picture. I film. liked Jesus Christ Superstar. I did like. I was surprised. Me too. I was. Shocked. I was. Um, there's um Miss Banshee on Twitter. She's amazing, and so she's one of my other musical f fanatics. And we were a little leery of what was going on, but John yeah. Legend killed. Killed it. And so, and I'm, I'm not. Killed it. And that other guy who was Aaron Burr in, in, I think he took over for Richard Dix. No, what's his name? What is his name? I and mean, his Richard something. It's, it's three names. Right. But I know exactly and he was about. on power. But he did an amazing job. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. He should have won whatever prize, whatever, whatever prize. He should have won an Emmy, whatever he was nominated for. But, um, no, Wicked is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love Wicked. So, yeah. um, what's my others? I don't know. I have so many. Um, so many. See, Wicked, Hamilton, Cats is my least favorite. Okay. Um, I felt like. I don't think I've ever seen Cats. As a child, everyone's telling you, you know, you hear memory, and yeah. you're like, oh, that's such a beautiful song. But yeah. what they don't tell you about is like we're literally watching the hobo cats through the streets of New York, yeah, um, or London, whatever city you're supposed to pretend it's supposed to be, yeah. you know, and then. One cat comes, you know, the the god cat, the angel cat comes from the heavens to save one of these poor, you know, the poorest of the most deserving cats yeah. and take I, it to heaven. I and I'm like, like, we've been sitting here for three hours for this shit. I remember as a kid and I'm a dad, my dad was like, it was so beautiful. I was like, this was garbage. We yeah. watched a goddamn alley cat musical. I don't like sad musicals. I don't like Les Miserables. I don't like 17. I don't like anything like. The whole point of me liking musicals is like everyone sings and dances and it's great. But like I don't want to see people die, die. not die in that way. Les Miserables. Mm -mm. But Master of the House. He stole bread and then his whole life was wrong and that shit just it just bothered me. I love the musical. I could have done without Hugh Jackman singing and wailing for hours. It was actually decent. It was horrible. But I'm saying as a musical performer, he's usually really good. I loved uh, Boy from Oz. He, he did a good job in that. Okay, fair enough. But just as a person, I think as a person because I know him so well. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I didn't like Les Miserables. I didn't like it at all. Um, I think that the the what started it all for me was the Sound of Music. That's what kicked off. Like, what is this? How can I get more? Um, so Sound of Music was the movie because everything's a movie because no one was like really going to. Broadway to watch. It was so expensive. Things. It's still yeah. so expensive, and it's almost unattainable for people to go to see them. Yeah, but which is why I don't understand. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if this website's still up, and I'll I'll send it to you. Um, I don't understand why they don't sell video or digital whatever of the of Broadway cast because not everyone is going to make it to New York, and and you don't want 
and I feel like it's going to supplement some of the, the income that they miss. Because some of these shows close really early because no one's going to see them and no one's going to see them because no one's in New York. I was so pissed because I lived in New York for so long, but I was always working and I was always traveling. And when I had the money, I was on the road making that money. And then when I was home, I'm not working. Um, but I saw a Carolina change on, on Broadway. Um, but Sound of Music, Funny Girl, uh, Hamilton Goes Without Saying, um, uh, there are others. What are the other ones that I really love? Uh, Dream Girls. That's the one I would let one song sort of define it for me. Because I saw, I, I didn't see it personally, but I found the, the, Tony, um, the Tony performance. And, oh my God. Um, yeah, that, that was just uh, amazing. Jennifer, not Hudson, Jennifer, we, nope, Jennifer, oh, God. Holiday. Jennifer Holiday. Because yes. I'm going to say all the gays was about to attack me just, if I could not name the right Jennifer. Jennifer but, um, Holiday. I, yeah. I just, hot Hudson just stuck in my head. Because she, she did it last. She yeah. did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I, I'm gonna be so mad because I'm gonna. I, Greece also started it off, but I don't really love Greece as much now as I did when I was a kid, which I hate. I hate like when you start seeing things like, oh wait, that's weird though. That's not really nice. Um, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna leave here and then like the like ultimate fave is gonna be like, really, bitch, really, you forgot about me. Um, the one play I want to see I haven't seen yet is Kinky Boot. I love Kinky Boots. So I love the movie. Yeah. Um, I love Todrick Hall. Yeah. And the clips that I've seen, he kills. Yeah. So, and it's a really hard story to tell. So the fact that they got it on Broadway, made it a musical. Yeah. I think Cindy Lauper. Wrote it, yeah. Yeah, she, she did part of the work for it. Um, it was amazing. So they, yeah. um, I, I, that is one that's on my list that I want to see. Um, what's another one that, um, another play that I liked that really got me into the adult side of Broadway musicals was A Funny Thing Happened on a Way to the Forum. Oh, I haven't seen that. And it, the, when I saw it, it was Nathan Lane as oh one of God, the, perfect. and it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm in New York. Oh, there's a $50 sculpture. Let's see what happens. And yeah. the ticket actually worked and I got to go in. And so it was I, just the fact I just respect creatives yeah. I respect the process I respect practice and as a former dancer because I can't sing to, to save my life also. you know I respect anyone who can sing and hold a note and kick their leg and twirl and remember lines yeah um I'm like a deer in headlights on yeah. a podcast so I can only imagine what it'd be like in front of a stage of a million people so yeah, I um I taught myself like a time step um and it's like a shuffle ball change because I saw Alfonso Ribeiro doing like press for the tap dance kid. And then he did like a little, little dance. And I was like, oh, doing that. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like musicals have been part of my life for most of my life. And I didn't realize that that was a thing until I was much older. But I love musicals. And I don't understand people who don't love them. As a kid, our, um, my mom was a huge Barbara Streisand fan. Oh, my God. And yes. she had the Broadway album. And I didn't understand. I just knew it, it sounded pretty. So as an adult, I already knew the words to all of these songs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this was, this is Fanny Bryce. Yeah. Oh, this is, you know, this is Porgy and Bass. This is, oh, I have some culture in my background. I didn't know yeah. that. So, you know, that album and listening to Barbara sing some of those classics, I still listen to putting it together 
every day I got to do some makeup or do something fancy. That's one of my, like, let me be fancy and get myself together type songs. But, you know, we need some more um, black and African-American Broadway musicals out there. But That's what I loved about Hamilton, that it was so, it gave black and brown performers an opportunity to just be performers. The colorblind casting was a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, the the white people were mad. They were they were big mad, but it's they fine. Mad. The Hamilton that was here in D.C. Um, I think his name was like Sean Astin or something like that. Mm-hmm. He is adorable, and he owned the stage the entire time. And I really respect these all these actors took these jobs very seriously. Mm-hmm. The Lafayette character and the Thomas Jefferson character. The gentleman, I don't know his name, but the gentleman who played it in the Kenne- in the um, Angelica group here that was here in D.C., mm-hmm. he killed it. So I think they're in Los Angeles now, but if I can get to Puerto Rico with Lynn to go see Hamilton, yeah. I'm out. But they did, they did, um, they did a taping uh, of the original Broadway cast. They came back for a night, and they recorded it. And I just, I don't know what they're planning on doing with it. This is like a year, no, about two years ago, because that's when, after the Tonys is when, Everyone left the right. the cast, um, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do with it. But I feel like you, I don't know. It, clearly, it's not about money because you would make all the monies if you released it. But I hope it's not like some dumbass archive, and then like in two hundred years, like oh, it's a thing. I hate when they do that. I hate archives. Thank you so much for your time and talking to me about Broadway musicals, self care, and every other random conversation topic we've brought up today. Now, can you give us the name of your book? Uh, yes, my book is called I'm Telling the Truth, But I'm Lying, and it is being published by Harper Perennial. And we look forward to seeing that in 2019. Thank you, future best-selling author, Basi. I claim it. Yes, ma'am. We thank you so much for your time, thank and you. thank you for joining Fabulous Fuckery. Mm-hmm.